You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. going on guys welcome to another episode of pure pleasure with dewey halpas on equal vision records and sound talent media i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week today we have my good buddy well old friend turned new friend from a long time ago josh hagquist from the beautiful mistake uh some of you guys know anatomy of a ghost when we broke up we broke up on the tour with the beautiful mistake back in 2004 uh, I believe it was in Miami when the band dissolved. Um, and then The Beautiful Mistake also broke up on that tour. Um, and it was just a really ill-fated tour. We had a lot of fun, but it was still, we had no idea what was going to happen on that tour. It was pretty crazy. So it was awesome to reconnect with Josh and get his story uh, and put that out here for you guys. He is doing some awesome things in his life now um, and uh, very into nature. We talked a lot about that. Um, some other cool stuff, too. It's a It's a great chat. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So let's get some business out of the way, and we will jump right into the action. So purepleasurepodcast.com is the website. If you want to get in touch with me, if you have guest ideas or questions or comments, uh, you can hit me up there or at purepleasurepod at gmail.com. That's also the email. 
if you want to get in touch with me that way. Uh, I want you guys to join the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle. Uh, you can do that on Facebook. Just type that in the search bar and we'll let you in and you can join the the uh, bunch of other people in there that with like-minded values and and uh, views and uh, yeah, talk about different episodes of the show. Uh, you can see who's coming up early, things like that. I uh, also want you guys to also sign up for the Peer Pleasure Premium Service. That is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. And there you get the videos of the episodes, the ad-free feed, and episodes of the past casts that are only available there. Um, also, we have the Twitch, twitch.tv slash peerpleasurepodcast. Uh, if you guys want to join over there and follow us, subscribe. Uh, we try to do as many episodes as we can live on there um, as long as the guest is cool with it. Um, so if you guys want to sign up for that, that would be fantastic as well. All right, without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Josh Hagquist from The Beautiful Mistake. I appreciate that, buddy. I, uh, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. It's been, yeah. It's, uh, I know, 2004, right? I think so. I'm trying to remember back. It was the, uh, was it the radio takeover tour? That was. It was, it was you guys, us, Emery, and the AKAs. It was you guys, us, Emery, and the AKAs. Ah, yes. Yeah. Mike that, Ski. that was a fucking <laughs> oh, yes. weird, uh, <laughs> Weird tour because uh, <laughs> Emery blew up on that tour and yeah. we imploded on that tour. <laughs> we did too. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike Ski did a lot of tattoos. I think that's those are the main events of that whole tour. Yes. It was absolutely nuts. It was absolutely yeah. nuts. Um, I, yeah, I, I've talked about that tour quite a bit, I think, um, just because it was so strange. Like it was that weird, like a weird dynamic because everything, yeah, things were changing. You guys were, were were like going through stuff. We were going through stuff. Emery's exploding. The AKs were yeah. kind of just there. <laughs> and it was just like this weird lineup. Yeah. And, you know, we knew the Emery guys before and it was, it was interesting because we had been with a lot of other bands that were blowing up. Mm -hmm. 
um, we had toured with Census Fail and we were direct support on a tour with Brand New. Mm-hmm. And Census Fail was clearly bigger than us. And, and they were really gracious because they knew that we were getting paid more mm-hmm. and they knew we, we were not the bigger band. Yeah. But they were really not, they were very kind about it. Whereas uh, in, in other situations, it gets weird because mm-hmm. that band knows they're blowing up and, and we're not recording this, right? It's super weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. I'm going to, uh, let me fix something here real quick on this. Um, just need to, let's see here. Yeah, that was the weird thing with with Emery, though, is that they were getting big, but then their attitudes towards us shifted, and we weren't we were no longer bros hanging out. We were just this band that that should be opening for them. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird dynamic, and I, I've never I don't play the game like that. I've never I never have. Yeah, yeah, it's super super strange, and it it was just such a weird time. Like everything was changing at that time. Like. T- t- touring was changing like the internet stuff was changing it was just chaos like it was it was really strange like people were the bands were coming and going so fast like they'd explode real quick and then like flash in the pan and then there's the legacy stuff that Mm -hmm. it was just so strange um but yeah it was i mean it was a good tour i had a blast it was just like right towards the end like shit what's (laughs) happening (laughs) yep yeah i remember it well Man, I was uh, one thing I remember just right off the top that I remember, uh, and I always admired about your vocals in the beautiful mistake was it. And it, forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but for one, the choruses are insanely gr- great. But it always seems like you're pushing your voice to the farthest it can go of your range. In but so two things with that. For one, I respect that because it's scary as shit to do that live if you don't make it. But the way, like, the way oh, yeah. it put the strain on the vocal gave it this really, like, warm, like, warm tone. Like, it, it wasn't it wasn't struggling, but I think the struggle made it sound like it did, and it really worked. Like, it was, like, like That's, yeah, I'm- pushing all the way, but not breaking up, but, like, like, like hoisting the rock up just enough to get there, like, the, the final push all over the place it was definitely at the top you know i mean i hear singers like anthony green and like how does he get that high you know and and consistently get that high yeah um and we always wrote the vocals after we always had the music done first Mm -hmm. i never came into a song with a a preconceived idea of where i wanted to go with it Mm -hmm. and so the music would be done and then it'd be like all right i'm gonna put a melody to this or, or attempt to put a melody to this. And, and, uh, it usually ended up being the, the chorus parts, especially mm-hmm. I was kind of topped out cause we played everything in drop D mm-hmm. and I was, I was pushing there. And then it's funny cause on our new record, we did everything in drop C. Mm-hmm. And when we were recording vocals with Bo, it was a totally different experience cause there were parts where I was still topping out, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel I felt like I had a little bit left in the tank at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. So time, time, uh, time and practice, man, just, just <laughs> going, you know, <laughs> totally lots of coffee and like throat coat and honey. And yeah, 
Yeah. Dude, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I'm trying to remember the first time I heard Beautiful Mistake, and I think it was mb3.com maybe way yeah. back. Like, Man, maybe it wasn't. I, I want to say it was. Uh, it might have been on a on a comp. Were you guys on like a comp? Like a was it a militia group comp or like a uh I don't know if it was light a match. It may have been on a compilation. Um mm-hmm. where I heard it. I wanted to say mp3.com, but we were always like checking that every day because we were on there and we're like yeah. competing with like static lullaby and stuff. Like, damn it, totally. they have this many more listens and we <laughs> it was like this war. But you find yeah, so many bands. Heard. We heard Thursday that mm-hmm. way. We heard Rufio. So Rufio, we were in the emo charts. I think that's how I had categorized us mm-hmm. when we uploaded music. And I was checking that every day. And I was going on every message board and putting the link to it. Mm-hmm. And we we did really well on there. And we got paid, which is cr- a crazy concept. <laughs> and and not 0.00025 cents per stream. We, we, we actually got paid to yeah. to have our songs on there which was really cool at that time 2000 mm-hmm. 2001 yeah you know had to oh, be. how we've regressed from <laughs> the awesomeness of the paycheck that you get <laughs> <laughs> yes sir dude you're not getting anything anymore it's crazy i was watching the breakdown on that on the spotify and everything and yeah. good god man it's crazy I I joke with my friends about that, that, that are musicians. I, I, you know, that they'll have a new record come out or a new single and I'll have it on repeat. And cause I want to listen to it and I like it mm-hmm. and I'll text them and say, Hey, I just made you, you know, one eighteenth of a penny today. Cause I streamed your, I streamed your new single 500 <laughs> times. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing. I don't know. uh, I don't know. We can go way back here on this, but like, I don't know if you're friends with Mike Herrera or know Mike Herrera or of course, you know, MXPX probably, but he's always putting out there like, here's the songs you need to listen to if you listen on Spotify because we get paid from these ones. Don't listen to the rest. Like every day, go make this playlist and play it. I've seen that. And I, there's a part of me that appreciates that sentiment, you know, especially for a band like MXPX that has worked so hard mm-hmm. that has put out record after record. And they've done so many things with different labels, but, you know, having those old songs owned by, you know, whatever conglomerate owns them now, mm-hmm. I appreciate that sentiment because they're not, they're not, a, they were, they were never a flash in the pan. They've always been a band with a good work ethic. Mm-hmm. And, and they've, they've been grinding it out for a long time. So, whereas they're not my favorite band, mm-hmm. I, I think that sentiment, I, I think that's really cool and I, I good for them and good for their fans for supporting them in that way. Yeah. Just being honest about it. Like, Hey, if you want to help us, we make money on these songs and not these ones. <laughs> it's just, it's totally. perfect. The only band I've totally, heard do yeah. that, like come out and just say it like, here you go. Here's the ones we make money. Yeah. On. I don't think people understand. If I, that. If I, I'll, I'll come up with a list for you and then um, of beautiful mistake songs and uh, we can get the six people who stream us to uh, really kick in. It'll be great. <laughs> There's more than six. There's a I few know, thousand just... on there. Come on, man. They, I know. It's funny to look at. Uh, uh, <clears throat> we can just go off the rails on this, but it's funny to look at Spotify. <laughs> I like how the, how the, um, the listenership for certain bands like John Mayer, 14 million people listening. 
yeah. and then you go to like Adele, it's like twenty nine million, and then you go to like Tool has like three million, but then there's mm-hmm. like some like see, like one hit wonder band that has tr- like double what like Tool yeah. has, but they're selling out stadiums, and the other yeah. one's playing theaters. It's so strange. It doesn't match. Like SoundScan, you used to use SoundScan to see who would headline a tour in a certain area. That now it has no effect whatsoever. Yeah. It's weird. Super weird. No, and I'm and I I don't know all the technical specs on all that, and I don't know if it's unique plays from a, a certain IP address or how mm-hmm. that works. But uh, you know, with with all the algorithms and all the kind of you know fake followers on Twitter, and I've you know mm-hmm. the fake hype that's around a lot of artists these days, especially mm-hmm. mainstream artists. I wouldn't be surprised if if twenty million of those were fake or 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 created in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, exactly. You can fabricate anything now. It's wild. It's and you could go a, you could go a different way on that too, and say, well, you know, this band over here has three thousand listeners a month, and they're all real. So mm-hmm. check them out. <laughs> I'm spinning it in a positive here. Yeah. Dude, it's it's funny. Like with podcasting, we talk about it all the time. But like, of course, Matt from Emory, who I met on that tour, like didn't know him before that. We've been friends yeah. ever since. But uh, he's the one who told me when Amy the Ghost broke up, why don't you just keep doing it? I was like, well, I only wrote like a third of the music, mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, uh, I, I guess I could get new people and yeah. keep going. But then I was like, I don't want to do that though. But he, his thing with it was just like. Yeah, why don't you just do it? You know, yeah. like he always is. Like, just go for it. Um, yep. uh, I'm trying to remember where I was going with this. God damn it! Uh, oh, if if someone like has a small podcast and like a hundred people listen to it, mm-hmm. imagine going in your backyard and having a hundred people standing there waiting for you to talk to them. It's like a show. Exactly. Exactly. But you don't ever know who's listening either. It could be people you've idolized forever that are in that crowd. Yeah. You have no idea. And when you look at podcasting, like you have Joe Rogan, like 13 million listens. Yeah. And then like Mark Marin and all that. And so if your podcast gets 150 listens, I think it's 150 a month, you're in the top 8%. There's that many podcasts that no one listens to that that skew those numbers so hard. It's crazy. So from 150 plays to 12 million, that's 8%, like 8% of the of the deal. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And I think that if, if you're doing something, I've always felt this way, especially with playing live, live music mm-hmm. is if you play a show and there are 10 people there or there's 10,000 people there, obviously there's a, a, a different feeling you get when you step on a stage uh, and there's 3000 people screaming all your lyrics versus 10 people in a bar. Yeah. But if there's sincerity behind that music or behind that podcast or behind that art, you know, how grateful are we that, you know, how grateful should we be that 10 people came out on a Tuesday night and got a babysitter or, or, and listen to my band play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, as I get older, I look at it like that now where I'm very thankful that I got to do what I got to do. And when we've played a few shows here, since we got back together, you know, it, I'm just thankful that people come out, whether it's, you know, five people or 500, it, 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 it means more now. And, mm-hmm. and it, and I think regardless of that, you know, you do a podcast and you have 10 people that really love and appreciate what you have to say. You've won. 
Yeah. I mean, you've been able to express yourself in a forum and make connections with people on a deeper level that, that appreciate your art. Yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's, and there is times there's like, you're saying the five, the five, 10 people there, it's the best show of the tour because it's yeah. genuine and they're witnessing something real. You know, absolutely. If, if one person sees the greatest event to ever happen in the world, they're the luckiest person alive. <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. one person, you know, like <laughs> if it's not witnessed by everyone else, you know, it's crazy to think about uh, just how much yeah. we put on numbers and how much we put on, you know, size. It's, it's an American thing, I'm pretty sure. But like, sure. uh, you know, the trucks and the 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 belt buckles and whatever, you know, like everything's bigger and better. Bigger is better quality shot we we get i mean we're seeing it now we get what 90 some percent of our uh products from somewhere else um, yeah. and we can't get them like it's just we put so much on size and numbers um totally but of course not to say when the numbers are good you don't you feel great <laughs> but oh yeah absolutely it's not the driving force and i no. like i like that you're seeing that uh, and i am too in our in our later age starting to appreciate quality um we just don't see it as much anymore no quality and sincerity i mean i live in san diego and i i went to this tiny play car and i saw holy fawn play and i i listened to their music on spotify but i'd never seen them play live and there were maybe 30 people there Mm -hmm. maybe and I was standing off to the side and I brought my camera. So I'd asked if I could take some pictures and they were, they were fine with that. And it was just the heaviest, most, most like passion filled performance. They were playing on the floor cause there is no stage. And it reminded me of why I connected with hardcore and punk and emo stuff back in the day where you had this, 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 it was just an emotional outpouring and mm-hmm it was free for you to absorb it. And I was watching this band and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love this. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was sincere and it was powerful and it didn't matter that there were, I mean, too bad. There were only, there weren't more people there Mm -hmm. because they would have experienced something really special. Yeah. That band's incredible. And they're getting all these huge tours. Like they're, they're like huge tours, but then yeah. no one has heard of them. Like people are wearing their t-shirts. <clears throat> like it's like people in bands, like notable bands are wearing their merch. Yeah. And they're still playing shows for 30. It's crazy. Yeah. I think they're touring with, they just announced Death Heaven. Yeah. They're touring when they tour with Thrice. I uh-huh. mean, they, yeah. And I think they're on, if, if my memory serves me correctly, I think they're on Triple Crown mm-hmm. records. But the, again, it's just, here's this band that's you know, giving it a hundred percent every night, regardless of playing for threat with thrice and playing big, big theaters and, mm. and big shows or playing the soda bar in San Diego, they didn't phone it in. And I am now a, a religious follower of them. <laughs> 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 Not that they need me to, to yeah. It, as a music fan, I am, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of theirs. That's incredible. I think John's a big fan of them as well. Uh, he's trying to get get uh, one of them on the show as well. I, it's just a matter of having the time. There's so many. It didn't used to be this way, but now there's so many. Like trying to say this in a in a humble way, but there's literally a list of people 
that we're like trying to work through to get onto the show because I only do one show a week. So I yeah. right now I have 15 sitting on my laptop in front of me done. That I, how do I put these out in a timely manner and keep doing <laughs> totally. more? It's hard because I can't do full time uh, yet. I would do this yeah. daily if I could. I love it. It's my happiest time of the of the week is doing these. Like sitting here with you, I've been looking forward to it for for what four days now, five days Me too. now. Since we, Me too. <laughs> and it's legit. Like I've been literally looking forward to this all week through work yeah. with family stuff. Like this, like Saturday, awesome. Okay, we've got a podcast going, and it's it's like the time I feel engaged and alive and creative and uh but like i say i i just i, I have such a hard time balancing it all because yeah, it's, there's just sure. so much like there's so much and it's it's uh i just stopped looking at publicist emails because i can't <laughs> i can't i just delete them because unless they like message me personally i can't i can't even do it like i like yeah i'm gonna discover something else that's cool and i'm gonna want to do it i'm not gonna have time to be frustrated <laughs> Totally. It's and the, I, I think it's, I think it's cool though. I, I, I have a ton of respect for you and I, I think it's awesome that you've, you're finding so much enjoyment in what you're passionate about and you've found a niche for yourself to express yourself and, and your thoughts, but also, you know, be a music fan, be someone who is interested in, in the stories that surround other bands. Like I, I don't know. I, I applaud people doing that. I think it's uh, in a world that's very confusing and upside down most of the time. I, I think when people are are like that, it's like their true self comes out, mm -hmm. and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. Dude, I I'm not saying that. you're beautiful, I've... but because I'm ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. I really do, and uh, yeah. It it's uh it's weird when you find your place in music peripherally to music. Like mm -hmm. I feel like I belong here versus on the stage. Being on stage for as many years as I was, like I this is it. Like this I get more joy out of this than any show I've ever played. Like Yeah. Um so it's weird it takes that long to find it. But uh like speaking of that, what what have you been up to since 2004 like what what have oh, wow. you said you brought your you said you brought your camera like i know we could go all the way back to the beginning but like i'm curious to what you've been doing since you said you brought your camera to the show which means you're doing photography but yeah, somewhat do, right I, like yeah i do photography for fun so I, I love to hike i i do a lot of hiking and backpacking and camping and and going out to the desert and taking pictures of you know uh abandoned cars that have been rusting for, and like being stoked on it too. Like oh, I found this place on Google maps and I'm, I'm, I pinned it and now I know how to get there. And, um, so I like to take pictures, um, like being outdoors. Uh, we started the band back up in 2018. Um, we all kind of made things right with each other and mm -hmm. bands are difficult relationships sometimes. And, and we were all in good places. We had all done the work to, to be able to, be better communicators. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we were more emotionally mature, all of us. Mm -hmm. And so when we got back together, you know, we all live in different places. So it's for fun. Like it's a blast. We get together every once in a while and we write some new songs and, and, you know, we just did furnace fest out in Alabama, which was a, just a trip. It was so awesome. Um, so I, I still get to do that. And I, I do another little band up in orange County just for fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I lead a pretty quiet life. Um, I, I have a great job and, um, 
just uh, try to take advantage of every day, whether it's, you know, going out and hiking or, you know, going and looking at some cool stuff that's abandoned. Do you go alone on these hikes? Sometimes. Yeah. Our guitar player, Steve and I, he and I are hiking buddies. So we did Mount Whitney Mm -hmm. uh, this last summer and, and, um, uh, we do some overnight stuff, but a lot of times I just go by myself. It's really cathartic. Like I feel, uh, a a really, my brain, historically, my brain has just gone at a a thousand miles a minute. Mm -hmm. And I, I tend to, um, not uh, obsess isn't the right word, but it's the right sentiment. I, I rabbit hole things to no end. And, uh, so when I'm out in, in nature, when I'm out on a ridge somewhere by myself, uh, there's a certain level of serenity. There's a certain level of peace that I feel, um, that I, that I don't necessarily get in, in day to day. When you say, when you say rabbit holing, like you just find yourself like, um, like literally like just going down a rabbit, like just start your thoughts starting to go down a trail. Um, so to speak, like you like philosophers used to say they would meditate on things like, uh, 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 Descartes, I, I I might be pronouncing that horribly wrong, but would sit for like days and and contemplate if I'm existing, like if I'm breathing, do I exist? Like things like that, which is of course well, more bigger picture. But like, is that what you're talking about? Like you'll just start to kind of swirl down, uh, like breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, uh, as far as you can go on things, or like is that what you're meaning by just kind of rabbit holing things? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's times when it's super healthy, I think Mm -hmm. for myself, there's times when I, you know, I'm, I'm analyzing and I'm, I'm kind of taking inventory of where I'm at and, and maybe there's certain situations or certain things that I go through that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just working out in my brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. the, the not so healthy side of that is, is, you know, just if it's regret or coulda, woulda, shoulda, done this or done that, or why did I do this? Or how did I get myself into this situation? Mm. Um, it, you know, it, it, it can tend to be a negative because you kind of get absorbed into these, these thoughts that aren't necessarily helpful. Mm-hmm. And I, I go to therapy. Like I've been going to therapy for about five years now regularly. Awesome. Um, and it's really helpful for me because I, I have struggled with depression I've struggled with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm somewhat of a workaholic. I, I, I'm actually a total workaholic. I'm not mm-hmm. a somewhat workaholic. <laughs> I was trying to temper it a little bit, you know? <laughs> um, but I, I find I have found a lot of self-worth in, in working and doing a good job and, 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 and wanting to succeed in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so therapy has been really good. It helps me kind of uh, catalog my thoughts and, and it gives me kind of a checklist. And, and when, especially when I'm hiking, I feel like I can go through that in a, in a very, very, um, uh, healthy way. That's not distracted by my phone going off all the time and mm-hmm. Netflix and Spotify playlists and yeah. you know, a million other things I'm doing. Yeah. Dude, I'm so glad to hear you're in therapy. I am as well. Weekly, uh, it's it's a it's yeah. a game changer. Um, I'm like four months in now, not years, but four months in, and and it's yeah. it's life changing. But going back to to hiking in nature, like 
I feel like when you can sit on a ridge, like you're saying, or just go and be next to something, it's, it's something people in recovery talk about this a lot where, you know, your higher mm-hmm. power doesn't necessarily have to be God. It, it's it's sure. anything that's bigger than you are, uh, you know, or, or above you to, to, to bring you back into check. I feel like nature itself completely absolves ego because you're so small and insignificant. And you can actually witness it with your own eyes just sitting out there alone. Like if I disappeared right now, like nothing around me would care. Of course, you know, people would hear about it and and care, but anything immediately around you would not care. It would the 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 bugs and the 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 animals would take you back to the dirt. Like it's you and you'd never be found. Like it would just be gone. Like you're that insignificant in the big picture. Maybe that's why it's easier to <clears throat> look at things with more perspective in, in nature and be there versus like your looks like you're in your kitchen right now. Like in your kitchen, you're on it's your computer, you have, <laughs> but everything's there. You have your computer, your yeah. phone, you're in your space yeah. surrounded by your things. It's your kingdom. So your thoughts can be a lot different than, than out there. It, that's really a, a, a cool thing. I think. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. So I think it puts things into perspective mm-hmm. um, in, in a in a in a good way. It's humbling. Uh, I have been out where I have just literally just been broken physically, which is humbling in in one way. But then standing on top of like, like I did Mount Langley this, this last summer, I did it by myself in a day. So it was, it was about 10 miles up and 10 miles back, but, mm-hmm. um, it's one of the 14,000 footers in California. And I got to the top and, and there's a rush when you get to the top. Cause I'm like, yes. And now I have to go 10 miles back the other way and it's going to be a long haul. Yeah. Um, but standing up there, it, it puts things into perspective because I'm not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And I, my problems are small comparatively Mm -hmm. and I'm very grateful. There's a lot of gratitude. And I know that word gets thrown around all the time, like so much gratitude. And, uh, I'm not into psychobabble. I, 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 but I think that that term has so much meaning that, and so much depth, Mm -hmm. but like I get up there and I I'm reminded that I'm very grateful that uh, I mean, I have the, the means to get to the trailhead and I, I have the means to be able to do this. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it reminds me to be thankful for what I have. And, and, and it, it just, the, the perspective that I get from it is, is really cool. Um, along with the solitude and just the time to think and, mm-hmm. you know, work through things. It's amazing too, how silence, I, I, I find silence to be, uh, one of the best things ever as being a music fan and and speaking on a microphone for not for a living but for for fun like and so much so much going on around us the silence uh you know i think is also something huge to really yeah. uh bring perspective and just a dynamic that we don't often hear silence like we just don't it's just totally. always something going on um I love what you said about, about gratitude, because you know, you, what you're saying, you have the means to get up there. Like you can get on your two feet and, and get up there. You can climb, you have the, the aerobic capacity to climb a mountain, like yeah, being grateful for those things, you know? Um, mm-hmm. 
I just did a podcast with uh, Scott Evans from Kowloon Walled City the other day, and he brought up ship breakers that uh, I'd never heard the term before. And so these container ships that everything's sitting on, when they decommission yeah. them, they basically run them to to uh, Bangladesh because there's no labor laws, and they run it into yep. the ground. And kids take them apart with torches. Kids. Mm-hmm. And that's their yeah, life. piece by piece. That is their life. That's what toxic. they do. Yes. Yeah. And we don't have to do that. Like anything we yeah. have that's a problem, like just look around, you know, like it's, it's like you said, it's small. Yeah. Luckily it's small. But I think it, yeah, I think it impacts your worldview too. It impacts how you interact with other people, uh, regardless of their, you know, their socioeconomic state. Yeah. It, 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 it impacts how you, you look at the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you can find empathy and you can find compassion and understanding and patience, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not an animist. Like I, I'm not out there, you know, worshiping a, a manzanita tree. Um, and say la vie, if that's your thing, like, yeah. I can tell you where there's a whole bunch of them that you could get your uh, wiggles out on. But, um, uh, no, it's, it's, it's funny what you said about silence too, because I, I'm, I'll be driving up like I was driving up to Death Valley, but the mountains of Death Valley. So uh, there, there's such a juxtaposition there with, okay, here you've got this like desolate wasteland that if you were out there during the summer, you would probably die. Mm-hmm. And then you have these beautiful mountain ranges with uh, bristlecone pine trees that are 4,000 years old mm-hmm. uh, to the west of that and snow in the winter and and views for days and I, I hiked up to telescope peak this year, earlier this year. And, and, uh, so I'm looking at the lowest point in the U S and I'm then I could see Mount Whitney about 80 miles, 65, 70 miles to the Northwest. And it's dead silent, but driving up there, I'm listening to like, uh, uh, converge, (laughs) you know, like the car is just, just a sea of, of (laughs) chaos, you know, like just the, converge and i don't know i was probably listening to knock loose and zayo and sure. whoever at the gates and and uh, i get up to the top and and there's really not a lot of wildlife there are some birds but mm-hmm. but there really isn't anything else that's making a lot of noise so you get up to the top and and it's it's just silence you can't hear anything but occasionally you'll hear have you ever heard like a turbo in a car spool up mm-hmm. like you oh, can yeah. hear it like Voo! yep the wind does that. So you'll, you'll hear a gale of wind coming and it's spooling up, you know, 10 miles away, eight miles away, up down, uh, down below in the Canyon, you can hear it spooling up. And then 30 seconds later you feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's this weird sound, but it's, it's, it's like, that's all I want to hear is that. Yeah. <laughs> the solitude of it. I could geek out. I'm sorry. Like no, I, just, this is I get great. very romantic about just, it's my happy place. Dude, I can tell. It's it's wonderful. Like the these are sounds you're meant to hear. Like it's you know, like everything else, there's so many things that are a byproduct. Like music aside, the nature sounds are sounds you're supposed to hear. Like it's it's actually happen it's it's magic happening everywhere. Yeah. It's not a mechanical device that is spouting off, like you say, a turbo. Like it's something we created 
to get yeah. us from one point to another, the sound is a byproduct of that. It's not yeah. what it was meant to do. Like he wasn't like, Hey, maybe we'll make this thing with wheels. that sounds like this. Like, it's like, no, it has to sound like this to get me there that fast. But everything yeah. else is okay. The temperature's changing. So these two temperatures are hitting each other and it's creating wind. Like there's yeah. a purpose for all of it uh, that would be there with or without us. And yeah. it's so cool to think about things that way and and you you can't recreate that sound like you have to go out and record it and then put it on a, yeah. in an app right like you can't generate that are you a, no. a are you a bjork fan yeah i i really like uh like post the, the earlier stuff i've been really into um uh debut and post okay because she yep. did an album called vespertine uh which is my favorite of hers but she had that that uh electronic I don't know if they're a duo. She works a lot with them called Matmos. Um, yeah. They do like, uh, they did a record like all surgical sounds, recorded surgical sounds to make these beats. And so it's like, like vacuums and stuff. Oh, wow. She wanted, and she's super eccentric. So she just said she wanted small sounds, like a pussy mm -hmm. willow opening or like things you could find in nature, very small, record them yeah. and boost them up to the sound of like a, a alarm ringing. So like it's all the whole record. If you go and listen to it in headphones, every sound is small, but amplified. So mm -hmm. it's all these little clicks and twists and, and things like that, that create this massive, like it's almost like being on like LSD or something in the woods. Like everything's heightened. Everything is, yeah. um, it's a super interesting concept, but she had them do that and it worked. But it's all yeah. things you can't recreate. You had to go record them and bring them back. So uh, that's what I think about when I think about nature and things that's like cool. that is like putting an amplifier, which is something we created, onto something that we didn't. And uh, yeah, which we do when we do, I mean, when we're talking in a microphone, same thing. Yeah. Um, but I love geeking out on this stuff, dude. It's awesome. Because oh, totally. It's, it's fun. <laughs> have you have you been in some crazy situations then out hiking by yourself? Like, Oh shit moments. I mean, I'm from Alaska. So like running into bears was a regular thing, like moose, whatever, but like, or where you had to really depend on yourself to get yourself out of a situation. Did that ever happen to you so far? So I haven't had anything too crazy happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I try to be real. I try to be really safe and, and really research where I'm going. Like I've run into a bear once, um, uh, in this, I was in danger. There was, there was no charging or, mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, you know, uh, the, the most recent would probably be when I was in the desert last year, it was about a year ago, uh, last year, and there's the Anza Borrego desert is kind of uh, northeast of here, mm -hmm. um, out of San Diego County. And it's beautiful. Um, but it's also pretty rugged. And there's, a there's a, a couple peaks there that, that, uh, you can get to villager and rabbit peak. And it's about six and a half miles up to the, the first peak villager and it follows a ridgeline. So you're literally going from the desert floor. Mm-hmm. And then you just stay on the highest point of this ridgeline and you hike and there's unobstructed views. I mean, there's nothing you can see, uh, Borrego Springs. You can see the Salton sea. There's nothing around and there's no water at all. So you have to bring your own. And so I was going to 
to villager and camp overnight. And mm-hmm. then I was going to head up to rabbit, which is about two miles past that, get up early in the morning, have breakfast, go knock that out, come back, pack up my tent, put on my backpack and then head back down. And I could see my car the whole way. Like I, if I turned around, I could see my car, this little black dot way off in the distance. And mm-hmm. I could see town. I had cell phone reception cause I could see the town. And, uh, the weather report said it was going to be like 73, 74. And, uh, I was like, great, I'm going to get an early start. I'll be fine. I'll be up to the top before and it'll start to cool off as I get to a higher elevation. And and I was carrying about 45 pounds on my back too. So I had to bring up water. Mm-hmm. I had to bring up sleeping bag and all the gear. And so I got up to the top and the temperature had spiked to about 85, 86. And I didn't realize it because I was sweating. I just figured, oh, I'm just hot, you know, lugging this stupid backpack up here. Um, and it's, it's about a, a thousand feet per mile that you're getting in elevation. So it's, it's a slog mm-hmm. and there's not really a trail. There's kind of a trail, but it's, it's pretty difficult to follow. And I got to the top and I'm like, I don't feel good. Like it was about two o'clock like, I don't, or one It's like, I don't feel good. Um, I had, a, I had a pretty bad headache at the time. Um, I just felt hot, clammy and, uh, I was like, I don't want to stay up here tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to head back down. I'm going to head back down about a mile and a half, two miles. There's an area that I can set up my tent. I'm going to make food, go to bed and then get down to my car the next morning. Mm -hmm. And so I got, I, I made my way back down and, uh, I got my backpack out. I was starting to make food. I was starting to boil water and I started to puke like uncontrollably. I I was not doing well. And Mm -hmm. I was still about five miles from my car, which I could see which is such a, like, (laughs) that's all I was thinking. Like to hell with you car. Like, I don't want to see you. Like this isn't fair. (laughs) And, uh, so I was in bad shape and, uh, I, I, I decided to head down and I booked it down and I got, uh, I got about halfway down and the sun started to set. So I put on my headlamp and I had my GPS unit and everything. And Mm -hmm. I made it back to the car, but I was in bad shape. Like I I got really bad, uh, sunstroke, uh, heat stroke, Mm, heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah. And it it snuck up on me because it wasn't like I was not physically prepared to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of a, I was kind of scared there. I made it into town and I bought a bunch of Pedialyte and some bananas and, uh, drove home. And then, you know, I was, 15 minutes, eight ounces of Pedialyte every 15 minutes, um, for like two hours, mm-hmm. uh, went to bed and I, I ended up being fine. But when I was on, on that hill, uh, I, that was scared I had been, um, even though I could see town, I could see my car. It was one of those moments and I had communication, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, lacking in that, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, I got to get off this mountain and I got to get to my car and I don't care how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think your brain, my brain just kind of took over and went, just do it. And I didn't feel good enough to do it, but I ended up back in my car, which is great. That's incredible. That's terrifying too. Being able to see like relief or see freedom somewhere and you can't get to it or God, no, such a mind melter. It, it totally plays with your sense, your senses, uh, when you're, when you're looking at the map and you're like, okay, I only have five miles to go, which really isn't that far. And then you're looking down this really steep and sketchy ridge line that you have to go down with 
no shade. And then you can see your car down there too. And you're like, that's five miles. Really? Yeah. I, well, it looks like it's, it's <laughs> going to take me 20 minutes to get down there. So it starts to, it starts to mess with your head. You mm-hmm. just have to kind of to, to stay focused and do it. So not a crazy story, but that's probably the, the time when I, I felt the most scared. That's it, a significant it, it really event. Your brain yeah. is literally melting like it. And you yeah. have to utilize that to get you out of there, but it's not working yeah. properly. It's with nope. that. It's terrifying to be, and to be able to see that and just be able to know, like even with, even with cell phone communication and your car, where it was, it would still take a long time to get to you. Uh, yeah. If it came down to it, you could just yep. talk to somebody. Like just, Hey, just keep me awake till I'll see you get here. Still going to be a, a damn struggle. Like, yeah, totally. It's crazy, but it it's that perspective, man. It puts everything mm-hmm. in perspective. Like uh when you were when we were touring together, did you I remember now you had like pneumonia on that tour. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. I remember you were super sick uh and then I think like a weekend maybe figured out it was pneumonia. Um but back then were you struggling with anxiety and depression too or was that totally. did that come later? No, that was that. So I, I've struggled with it. It, it, it kind of kicked off with my mom passing away mm. when I was 20, you know, I'm 45 now, so yeah. it, it'll be 25 years this year, but, um, I didn't deal with it and I didn't really have the tools, uh, at my disposal to help me deal with it. And I didn't really have the people in my life that steered me in that direction. And so I kind of dealt with it on my own and I dealt with it by drinking and smoking and doing drugs and, and being in unhealthy relationships and running, mm-hmm. running from whatever problem I had. And, uh, so I, I think that was kind of the, the point when it, it started to be something that was an issue. Um, not, not having the tools, not knowing how to face it. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's funny cause it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you, you go through a trauma mm-hmm. and then you, you tend to make some, well, some people tend to gravitate towards really unhealthy things because they want escape. They want a, 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 an escape from the way they feel, which then in turn brings more depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's like a, a vicious cycle. So I'm depressed. So I, I, did drugs. Mm-hmm. And then I did drugs and was even more depressed. And then I'm like, well, then now I haven't dealt with my mom passing away and the anxiety and depression that, that, that have come from that. And now I'm doing this and I'm not in, in a place where I can deal with any of that previous stuff, let alone this. Mm-hmm. And so those things kind of just built on it on themselves. And, you know, I, I had some great friends in California that really helped me, um, uh, get better, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and after I kind of went through all that and then it's always kind of been there though. Like I've, I've always struggled with, um, I think self image has a lot to do with my depression and, uh, imposter syndrome. Doesn't matter what I do. I, I always will feel like I'm a fraud. <laughs> Really? Or I'm not good enough or I'm not. Yeah. And then, and then I was married for uh, a long time and, and I brought all of those things into the relationship without them being resolved. 
and uh, also brought in a lack of emotional maturity Mm -hmm. and um, pretty much was a train wreck for a really long time. Hmm. And and same with the band too. Like I, I brought all those things to the band and it's one thing because the, the, the positive about the band is that I have an outlet. I can get that out on stage and I can write music and it's super cathartic for me to do that. It always has been, mm-hmm. but then the interpersonal side of it, 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 it's tough being in, locked in a van next to somebody for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you have money, yeah. Now a factor in not having any money and not knowing where you're going to eat that night, it, it exacerbates the problem even more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we were all, you know, our, our EQs were low back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I always joke with John and say, you know, we were emotionally underdeveloped. Most band people are mm-hmm. most artists are. And, uh, so yeah, it, it, it was, it was probably a series of things, but that's kind of, what I started struggling with and then it just kind of built from there. And then, and then, you know, there's, there's also chemical things as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, dude, I, first off, I'm sorry about your mother. I'm sorry to hear that about your mother at such a, a young age for you too, like to lose your, yeah. I lost my dad at 37 when I was 37. So like it, I had some time. Yeah. 20 Still, is though. man. It's, it, it's wild to think. And it's something I now understand how I react to that, like how I reacted to that happening in my life, but I can never put that on anybody else on how they felt or kind of, I mean, yes, we've been through the same that we lost a parent. Yeah. We react to things very differently and it affects us differently, different relationships with our parents. Um, but it breaks my heart to hear about the rest, like the, 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 um, the spiral and the, the, just knowing you went through that kind of pain for so long, like, and yeah, it, it breaks my heart to hear that because it's, it's, uh, life is very short and to spend that much time and that much pain and, and anguish is, is awful. And, um, you know, and, and to, to the, also the worst thing to do with imposter syndrome, anxiety, self image issues is to front a band and go on tour uh to then put yourself in this petri dish of a van in front of people every night on stage the pressure to perform the pressure to to be on yeah definitely helps escape a little bit but it keeps it on the back burner close enough that it can just fester now with with uh with your wife were you guys together when we toured together was it that long ago or did you meet her okay so this were you yeah, guys so married we, then? We were t- we were married at that point. Oh yeah. my god! Okay, so a long time. Yeah. When yeah, and she was out on that tour too. She had come out on that tour. Why don't I remember that? I don't remember that. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, we were we we were we were dating, engaged, and 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 then married throughout the band. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know. When you find your identity, What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th. 
featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch A Tap I Can't Turn Off out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equalvision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. 
Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. In doing the band, when you wrap yourself up in that whole, uh, mythology that is the that is the music mm-hmm. world uh and you believe the hype and you're trying to find yourself and you're dealing with issues that you haven't dealt with uh or haven't resolved um it's it doesn't tra- translate for me into normal life mm-hmm. I didn't find my identity in that. And I, I couldn't find my identity in that. And, and I was also unwilling to do that. So, you know, I have to, I have to own that. Mm-hmm. And it, and I, it's funny cause I was just joking with somebody the other day and I'm like, um, you know, I didn't start to kind of wrap my brain around all of these concepts until I was 40 mm-hmm. and thankfully, right. Yeah. I'm, it, I don't, it doesn't matter how long it takes as long as it happens. Yeah. As long as you have that like clarity of mind and you're able to, to process these things. But, uh, no, I, I couldn't, I, I, I was unwilling to find my identity in anything else. So when the band vanished, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, uh, Oh shit. Like what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't want to work. <clears throat> I don't want to be a good husband. And whatever it is. Um, and then you, then you just stay in that cycle of, mm-hmm. well, I'm not a good husband. My wife's mad at me. I'm now I'm even more depressed mm-hmm. and I don't know how to get out of it. And then you make more choices that are bad that keep you in it. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. How, how did you, <laughs> how did you end up? How did it, it, it how did you end up getting out of it? Was it just a, was it a mutual, like, this isn't working. We need to end this thing. Was it like a, yeah. uh, 
Okay. So you guys, yeah, it, it was, it was, it had not worked for a long time. And, and, you know, it doesn't happen in a vacuum mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it doesn't happen where it's, you know, one person, you know, always acted the right way or always reacted the right way. And the other person didn't, that's not how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both had our own stuff and I think we were both, both, uh, equally done with the, the union. Now it, I started to go to therapy, uh, regularly after that. Okay. And, and because I, I was, I was coming out of that and I'm like, I gotta figure this stuff out. Like I can't, I don't want to live. I, I need to be, I want to start things on a good note. You know, because mm-hmm. divorce is hor it, it sucks. Like it doesn't matter, you know, if you're religious or not religious, if you're wealthy or poor, or if you have kids or don't have kids, it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's the dividing of families and of friends, and people instinctively choose sides and they they talk crap about you make stories about you because it makes them into the martyr or you do that to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you demonize whoever you're leaving. And, uh, I needed to just say, all right, like enough. Yeah. I need to start the rest of whatever my journey is. I need to start it with a good foundation and a clear mind. Cause I'm, I'm, I've had enough of me mm-hmm. and my own stuff that I deal with. Let's let's, start fresh. I love that because I was going to, to, what I wanted to, to at some point get to was what got you to, what was the catalyst that got you to therapy? And we got there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, that was on my mind when you said you had been going to therapy for that long is what, what was you? Cause you know, my, I just something's not right in my brain and I I've known it for a very long time since I was a child but finally yeah. was like enough I was old enough and somewhat mature enough to say I need to try to figure this out and that's what got me there but yeah. you know I did not know uh what it got you there so that I'm 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 glad we got to that because of course therapy is a different journey for everybody but the fact that one thing I like about your story is you, you respect the journey, like you, whether you're hiking or it's your life, like it's not necessarily the destination, but it's the, the, the journey to get there. Like you're willing to put in the work. Um, if you make a mistake, you'll fix it or figure out, or at least acknowledge that there was a mistake and, and, uh, or a slip up or whatever, whoever's fault it is to, like you know pick yourself up and and figure it out instead of just wallowing in it you know uh i yeah. really respect that man i i really do and and um cuz a lot of people won't do that a lot of people just keep blaming people no. and kicking themselves and it it's very hard to walk into a room with somebody that you don't know and tell them what you won't tell yourself and what you won't tell anybody else totally it's very and I scary spent years wallowing i've wallowed for years the self pity that i would just walk around with and dole out to people as needed. It was like, I had a deck, I had a a hand in poker and every card was self pity. And I would feel sorry for me, feel sorry for me, feel sorry for me. Mm -hmm. My life's rough. My mom died. 
I did drugs. My marriage sucked. Like, and, and it just got to a point where it's like, Oh my gosh. Like I'm not even a, a, a shadow of who I used to be. Who am I? And I'm this like 39 year old man child yeah. who, who can't get, get it together. Why? Okay. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and taking ownership of, you know, I made bad decisions. Let's own it and, and, and move forward from it instead of, of trying to, you know, be the priest and Josh and I'm absolving myself of all my sins and mm-hmm. now everything's okay. Yeah. Dude, I, 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 I admire your journey very much. I really, I mean, having the fortitude to do that and, and it's just, I mean, people can comment on all they want about or think they know about whatever, but like literally just to throwing yourself at the mercy of someone else, um, takes a lot of humility <laughs> and, uh, in being in a band, you take a young kid that has some creative spark, can play guitar, sing, write songs, put them in a situation or a job that requires you not to grow up. You're out, you know, staying up late, you know, partying with your friends, playing music, living the life. What do you do when it gets bigger? You then pay people to tell you yes all the time. You pay someone to hold off the people that are talking reason into you and you you pay these gatekeepers that keep you locked away. So if you have addictions, you have mental problems, uh, struggles, anything, you can get away from it. You can go to the green room. You can go to the bus. You can go to the van. You can yeah. go to the hotel. You can only speak to them. Someone wants to get in touch with you. They can't because they can't get through a publicist, a manager, a, a lawyer, whatever. It just furthers that little, little soft basket that you can lay in for the rest of your life if you wanted to um, and not deal with any of that. And it's kind of terrifying. And that's why people, we lose so many creative people because they're, they're, they're the gatekeepers that eventually come along, eventually like suffocate them because they can't, if you pull yourself away from real life too long, you're going to have a really hard time coming back from it. And when you have everything you ever wanted, and it doesn't make you happy, then literally what is the point after that? You know, yeah. it's terrifying, terrifying. Yeah. And you... it's, it, you know, it's, it's part of the journey. Like you said, you know, hiking is a good metaphor mm-hmm. for me. Like, and, and I jokingly, like I'll post a picture on Instagram and talk about just being humbled. And I, and I always end it with like, there's a metaphor in there somewhere. We could find something, <laughs> something good to talk about for, for a couple hours and, and maybe analyze my own, you know, uh, uh, issues with that. But it, you know, I don't have it all figured out. And, and, and I think that's okay too. And, and it's part of that journey mm-hmm. and, and just trying to be honest with, you know, the people around you and be honest with yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, not have any, uh, guilt for not having it all figured out. Yeah. Or also being cool with not having it all figured out. Like yeah. if you could, would you want to have it all figured out or would you want to still make your journey? You know, like if you could jump, not jump to the end of your life, but jump to the end of your enlightenment level. Yeah. Would you take it? I would say probably I mean, not. 
No, unless I could limit like the like if if your screw ups were gauged on a level of one to ten, one being the least impactful and ten being the most impactful. <laughs> if I could limit like the nine and ten range on the screw ups, then, then maybe I'll take it. I don't know. Did, did you like? How long, I'll ask you this because I, we're both in therapy, but like, how long did it take you? You've been it for years. So how long did mm-hmm. it take you to really start being honest with your therapist? It's same therapist? Yeah. Okay. How long did it take you to really like kind of, for me, stop telling stories and and uh, get to the real deal? How long did it take you to do that? Was it pretty pretty instantaneously or did it take a while? No. No, it took, it took a long time. I... I... I was very comfortable for the years before that, for the decades before that, uh, lying by omission, mm-hmm. you know, not yeah. telling the full story, mm-hmm. uh, wanting the out outward uh, self to portray something that the that was not. Uh, the same as the inward self. Um, and I did that, you know, I did that for years. Like that was my MO. Mm-hmm. Not any from this person. It's, it's more like, uh, with emotional things, with feelings, with, uh, you know, always saying yes to everyone. And then, you know, coming up with some crazy story about how I can't do this or can't do that. And can't, I I never honored my word basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, it was decades of that, you know, and that started, you know, I grew up in a really conservative family, mom and dad. And they were, my mom was fantastic. My, you know, my dad was a, a great person, but there was an expectation of, you know, how to live and, mm-hmm. When you're a teenager, it's a lot of pressure to put on a on an adolescent or a teenager mm-hmm. to to hold all these things true and 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 so to lie, you start to lie to your family about where you were or what show you went to or or who you were hanging out with. And at first, I think it starts as just like self preservation, and then it becomes like it becomes a part of your character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, would you, who'd you hang out with? Oh, these people. No, it was actually these people. Uh, who did you, you know, do you have to work? Do you have to, do you have band practice tonight? Oh yeah. No, I don't. I just don't want to see you or talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I mean, it was, that was how my brain worked. So it's, it's, it was, it took me a while to like start to be honest about that stuff and be like, I was like that that's not good. Yeah. Like, this is not, this is bad stuff, <laughs> but it even took me a while to like admit that to the person that I'm paying mm-hmm. to admit that stuff to and talk through those things. A different person wants those things. It's weird. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to pay for therapy and then I'm going to go in there and bullshit this person for an hour. And I just dropped 150 bucks on this hour. <laughs> I can do that for free all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird what our brain does to us, you know? Yeah. Like, this is a good idea. I'm going to not be honest with this person. Yep. 
for some weird reason. <laughs> and I've been there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Dude, that, that's the reason I asked because I think the first three to four sessions, she didn't say anything. I talked the entire time and I was just telling stories and like, well, this is interesting. This happened this time, like just kind of like throwing it all out there, mm -hmm. but she didn't have a chance to get a word in edgewise. And I said, I, nah. at the beginning I was like, I apologize. Like I do this a lot just because it's what I do. But like I was, I was shielding myself the yeah. same way I do on this show. Like we'd talk about stuff. Like I put stuff out there every once in a while, but it's not about that necessarily but if I needed to, I could, I could just talk for an hour and a half. It wouldn't matter, but it wouldn't yep. be substantial as far as like getting anywhere. It'd just be like putting up a cloud in front of it. You know, I was raised in a Mormon household. So like at eight years old, you're able to decide, do I want to be baptized into this? Yeah. Eight years old. Like my daughter's eight years old and she's still mastering shoelace tying. Like, is it just, yeah, it's yeah. a struggle, but like you are now old enough to decide your eternal salvation. Yeah. Eternal salvation or eternal it's, damnation is yeah. yours to choose at eight. At eight. But then also the you start lying. Like you said, you start lying and it becomes your normal because your normal is yeah. still developing and you're doing it while lying. Like I went to a, a youth group with friends of mine because I want to see my friends more nights a week. And they went to this youth group thing that was not Mormon. Mm -hmm. that's where I first started smoking cigarettes. Uh, I made out with the first girl I made out with there. Like all this stuff happened at youth, at youth group. Yeah. Because my parents were like, yeah, you can go there. Like, just don't really listen to it, but yeah, you can go there. Like it's a safe place for them to go. Uh, why do you smell like cigarettes? Oh, I, I was over at Joe's house and his mom smokes. We rode in her van. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. No, well, but why it's do you all smell like Coca-Cola? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh what? the fountain drink spilled on me what i didn't do it what hanging out in front of the mall like getting older people to buy us beer like what and where were you today oh i was at the mall oh great yeah. it's omission like you're saying lying yeah. by omission uh, and then that that bulldozer effect with talking mm -hmm. you know it, it, you're just controlling the narrative at that point yeah and exactly. it and it it I think the, 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 the cool stuff comes when you're able to sit back, you know, mine will ask questions, mm -hmm. not telling me what to think, but just, Hey, what do you, what about this? And, I, and then my brain starts to go, Oh, I, well, I've never even thought about the answer to that question. Well, let me, let me, let me think about that. And then my answer will reveal some truth that I can, you know, process through. But it's that like bold. I can do that all day. I'll talk all day. Mm -hmm. You want me to control the narrative all day? I'll do it. Yeah. I'll tell you every story, every funny anecdote. I'll be a little vulnerable. Uh -huh. I'll be a little funny. Um, I'll wow you with uh, useless commentary. Bring it. I wish that was like a, a game show. Dude. I'd be awesome at it. <laughs> Wheel of sociopaths. So so good. So big, good. Big money, no narcissism. Big money, no narcissism. Yeah, Here totally. we go. Bub, 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 bub. Welcome to the narcissism train. Yes. It's on. Yeah, and, and and it's funny. I can laugh about it now. And and but it, it it's a that's such a bad place to be, you know? Mm -hmm. That 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 just it's this the level of self-absorption is huge
Yeah. That's not good. I mean, it, it, you're never going to have anything meaningful. I think yeah. truly meaningful. Dude. It's really hard to pay someone money to tell them you're a bad father and a narcissist and selfish and all these things that are just that you don't want to put out there in the world. Yeah. But you have there's no way to get around it. It's like you have to. Like otherwise it's gonna consume you, you know, and, and to look at your look at yourself the way you look at yourself, but then it's so strange because you see the inside too, but you can still put the blinders on and and fool yourself enough to make it through the day or make it through the situation or or put enough spin on it. But it's just such a weird concept. But I've really been grateful for for having that outlet. You know, yeah. even if I do talk awesome. for 45 minutes of it at the end, we finally get to somewhere at the end and she just goes, all right, we're putting a pin in this and we're starting with it next time. Mm-hmm. And so we started doing that because uh, yeah. like it took that long to get to the point. Yep. And and it still takes me that long mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, but it, it it's coming from a, a, a maybe a little more mature place. Mm hmm. Cause I like, I'm, I'm from the Midwest originally. Like I can tell stories. I like, I like a good story. Mm-hmm. Like my uncles can sit around. The story could take five minutes and it, they're on their like 55th minute of the story <laughs> because there's so much nuance. It's why I like Quentin Tarantino movies. Like the story, the, the actual story, eh, but the way it's told, I'm a sucker for the way it's told. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's the delivery. Yeah. But you, you, you get to a point where there's some good stuff that comes from that. So good. Awesome for you. That's awesome that you're doing that and and going through that journey. Well, dude, I've, I'm just, I enjoy speaking to somebody else that's on that journey because you're, I mean, like I said, like your, your road to where you are now has been rough and really rough. And like I said, it breaks my heart to hear those things, but I, the fact that you are where you are now, is a is a miracle like it's awesome like it's really really good did you go through when you were doing when you were doing drugs and drinking did you quit all that on your own or did you go to a program so i went to i i basically quit on my own i didn't go into like a um an inpatient or or outpatient treatment Uh, i went to a couple na na meetings Mm -hmm. i went I, i did some na for a little bit um, but yeah, I, I was around people. It helped that I moved, uh, back to California and was around, I didn't have the means to purchase. I didn't know who sold. And then none of my friends were remotely involved with any of that. So mm-hmm. I was living with them. And so it was, it was a kind of a perfect storm of good that was, surrounded me. Was that intentional or did you just end up there and that, and just not kind intentional, of uh, but, Dude. but yeah, it, it was, um, it was definitely a godsend, like yeah. having that, um, having that, that, uh, environment yeah. to be in, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dude, friends can, friends are what it's all about. Like it, it really is like, there's the whole, you know, it's who, you know, thing in life, which gets you most places, but friends like real friends are there for i mean there's no you can't replace that and it's something that i look at people that don't have like a like a and it's just weird saying this i guess but i look at people that don't have a lot of friends um that have trouble making friends and i feel really bad because 
those friendships can like, save your life 10 times over. Um, yeah. These people that have nothing to gain from mm -hmm. you except your friendship, your, your fellowship, like your yeah. presence is all they need. They don't, it's not a business transaction. It's not a legal transaction. It's not a, a commodity uh, or a, um, like a, like a uh, goods and services thing. It's literally you woke up this morning and you're coming over. So I'm excited. Like, yeah, it's that basic connection. It's not, it's not like a, um, like love, like crazy love when you're in love with somebody and that's your person. Like you yeah. love your friends in a different way, but the, the bond is almost stronger. Um, yeah. And longer lasting. Um, it's something I've really lately thought about is just how grateful I am for, for friendships and, and, and new friendships, old friendships, but how the friends mm -hmm. are always there. They're the consistent part of the story. Yeah. You know, and, and I think one of the important things that I've learned over the years is that the ones that aren't there anymore, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, I've treated some of those like a, a loss of a loved one. Yeah. I, I forget the quote, but it's, um, you know, the, 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 the worst part of, of mourning the loss of someone is when they're still alive. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and I, I, I've, I've struggled with that because, you know, I, I've lost some friends throughout the years mm -hmm. because of the way I acted and because of the way that I was. Um, and, and I think coming to a place where, <clears throat> coming to a place where, uh, you know, being okay with that and knowing that like, I can't make changes in my own life that are positive for their benefit. Mm -hmm. Like I have to do this stuff on my own. Mm -hmm. And if they're if people make the journey with me, I'm really grateful for that. And I'm very, very thankful to have their friendship, which I am like, I've got the guys in the band are my best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I have a couple other people in my life that have been there for a really long time. And they know me and they've been there through thick and thin, through highs and lows. Mm -hmm. um, but then the, the loss, uh, dealing with the loss of friendships, though, has, has, has been good in the sense of nothing I can say or do. I'm never going to get the reaction I think I deserve mm -hmm. um, from them if I confront them. Um, I'm only responsible for myself. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't. I can't expect people there's the, I can't have the expectation of others when I have been a jackass to then suddenly go, Oh, he's great again. Mm -hmm. I can't have that expectation of them. So it's a, it's a process of like managing your expectations of them and just doing your own thing. And if they're supposed to be in your life, it'll come back around. And if they're not, then that's okay too. And mm -hmm. I hope they have a good life, you know, but accepting that, accepting those things was huge for me. Yeah. That's, that's all will be grateful of your friends that you have that are there for you. Yeah. And you hold them closer after that. Oh yeah. I mean, you start I, to I, appreciate it. My friends that are with me today have seen me at my best and have seen me at my worst and they still show up. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, that's that's what it is. That's the definition right there. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's unconditional acceptance. Yeah. It, it, it then they want nothing from you but your friendship as well.
you know? Yeah, there's no uh, quid pro quo or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it takes work. Like, you just, sure. I, I check in, like, I've, I check in all the time. You know, someone's birthday, hey, happy birthday. Or, or you know, if it's someone I haven't seen in a while or, or just text them, hey, how you doing today? Like, you yeah. know, just reaching out and being proactive that way. I mean, can really strengthen those things, but it's not even needed, you know? It'll yeah. still be there. It's great. This is hilarious. This is a conversation you and I never would have had back in 2004 or 2002, whatever no. it was, because we weren't mature enough. We had no. been through this shit, no. you know, like it's never would have happened. It it would have been about whatever no. was happening with whatever record or uh, when you guys, when we all got in accidents that same night, yeah. you guys, your trailer got destroyed and John was almost yeah. killed, uh, yeah. like trapped in the van. Like, We'd been talking about that stuff and just how wild that is that happened to us, but not knowing the journey that comes after that, you know? Um, yeah, we would have been talking about uh, how's Fearless treating you? Yeah. How's Militia Group treating you? <laughs> that pizza really sucked yesterday, man. But, yeah, totally. Yeah. Are you going to, you, you got pneumonia now? That sucks. <laughs> you know, it's just like surface yeah. level stuff. But then at the same time, some of these people, from that day are still around like still still there you yeah. know what i mean like uh before and after but survived yeah. that brainless phase we had back then of just yeah. kind of like oh yeah we're in a turn we're in magazines and stuff man but i still live with my mother like things people don't <laughs> totally. know right the guy on your magazine cover on your wall still lives with his parents yeah <laughs> it's, it's true it's very true and and it's cool to see you know the guys like emery that we toured with like yeah they've got their podcasts and they're mm -hmm. still putting out records and like, good for them. That's rad. Yeah. You know? And then we all know people that, you know, somebody from back in the day is still the same person. <laughs> yeah. And still doing the same dumb stuff and like still playing the card that they were in this band. Yeah. Between the, the, you know, 2002 and 2002 and a half. Yeah. And they were, they were featured on this comp, you know, like, <laughs> let it go yes <laughs> you gotta get past it <laughs> one thing one thing that uh i actually talked to well dan sancho and i talk every day but uh i brought you up to him because i heard you mention the deal that he was offering to where you when you figured out that you did like shouldn't do it like that and basically told him like i just can't you know and he said thank you for not screwing me over <laughs> Yeah. That speaks so much to where you were then and your character to not take that deal and then just kind of bail, which so many people could do. Take the money and just like, well, eventually you'll get your records. Uh, yeah. That really, like when when I heard that story and then I was talking to Dan about it, we have a weekly call too, um, just for the podcast stuff. So I waited till then because I wanted to actually talk to him about it. And he's like, yeah, just thanks for not screwing me over. <laughs> like he's like, just a good, I believed in the band. Like I wanted to do it. And, and, he was just honest with me. Oh, this is great. Yeah. He gets screwed over so many times oh, <laughs> over totally. the years. It, I hadn't seen Dan. Um, last time I saw him was 2006, I think. Mm. Uh, in Sandy, when he was out here in San Diego and, uh, you know, I've loved equal vision since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I, I, the, the label has just been a, a huge part in my music development over the years mm -hmm. and and when they started talking to us in 2005 it was a dream come true i mean 
ask me what, you know, three labels were most impactful to me that were indie. And I would, I would say Rev, Revelation, mm-hmm. I would say Equal Vision, and I would say Discord. First and foremost. Yeah. Um, and having that opportunity in front of me and being able to keep doing music, which is what I wanted to do, um, was so cool. I mean, it was beyond words, mm-hmm. but then, you know, being honest about it and and not getting into something that, that wasn't going to be a good, good, good. There wasn't going to be a good end because the band was already getting ready to be done anyways. Yeah. Um, but it's funny cause I saw Dan at furnace fest mm-hmm. and we were catching up and he's such a genuine, he's such a good dude. And like, fun, I, I enjoy talking to him because we're close in age and mm-hmm. we, we like a lot of the same band. We grew up seeing probably a lot of the same bands and, but he said that to me, he's like, Hey, thanks. Thanks for just being honest and not doing that. Cause it yeah. would have been a disaster. And I'm like, Oh, it would have been an absolute train wreck. You know, we would have broken up a hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, you know, there would have been a lot of money invested in us with, you know, marketing and advertisements and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and you, it wouldn't have been a good fit. And, uh, it was cool to hear him say that, you know, it really meant a lot because like I said, I've, I've, I have a huge amount of respect for EVR and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it's a, it's a special place to me. And even throughout the years, you know, like, circa i love them like mm-hmm. they're fantastic you know there's been stuff that's been put out uh uh on evr that's been just huge for me like throughout the whole label's existence so mm-hmm. you know knowing that i didn't like do something wrong <laughs> <laughs> i feel a little bit better you know yeah it's the glimmer of hope it's the glimmer yeah. of hope totally dude if you guys put out you should put out a record on evr next time you put out a record like a, a new record uh open it yeah. back up again i'm telling you i'm gonna say that you just said that and i didn't yeah and I said I, it. i'm just absolutely agreeing Excellent. with you on that because i think that um it's one of those like why say no when it feels so good to say yes moments yeah. like when it when it's the right time you know we turned yeah. down evr back when we went and signed with fearless is the worst mistake of our life not anything against fearless, but it was. And now 20 some years later, Dan and I are partners in this, like another creative venture. Like it's unreal. When I announced that it was like, I got goosebumps. I was like, this is crazy. No band. Just here we are. (laughs) No, that's uh, rad though. Terrifying and, and goosebumps for how awesome it feels to be in that family and a part of it. And, Mm -hmm. um, just to know, like, when I wake up tomorrow, like, Dan and I will be texting each other back and forth about either football or whatever because it's the weekend. But uh, having that partnership, um, yeah, I think you guys would fit right in there. And and the time would be right where it could come full circle. You know, all these things, all these these boulders you've been pushing up a hill, like, you're almost there on a lot of these things, it seems like, to where you can then move forward and pass that or or, or accomplish these things and then keep going through your journey. Um, yeah such a cool metaphor how much you're in nature and hiking and stuff it's such a perfect spot for you i think because uh i mean it's what you're doing uh uh, metaphorically and and uh and physically it's it's a wonderful thing um and and us being able to you know us being able to keep doing music and keep doing beautiful mistake it i'm really thankful for the, the the opportunities that we had in 
from 2000 to 2005. Cause the only reason we really get to do it at whatever level we're at now, mm-hmm. um, is because we did it back then. Yeah. And, and that's okay. I'm happy about that. And I, I can look back with fondness over the work that we put in yeah. and then look at, you know, tomorrow and be like, I can't wait to put out another record. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be better than the last one we put out, you know? Yeah. And, and so it, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm very, very happy about Dude, that. And all these kids that could barely afford a t-shirt then can totally afford to buy all eight vinyl variants now. <laughs> you planted the seeds. Income. You planted the totally. seeds. <laughs> and yep. now you, it's You're, time to sow them. Totally. All your we were talking about this when it came to Furnace Fest. It was like all of your scene points have expired. Your Hawthorne Heights tattoo has faded, <laughs> but you've got disposable income and I want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this totally. just makes 17 different variants and yep. 20 shirts and just clean clean the floor like yeah. absolutely hilarious dude uh, yeah damn hey the the time is right for middle to lower tier emo bands from the early 2000s to absolutely <laughs> cash in right exactly. yes 100 percent. show me the money 100 percent. show me the money dude Josh, man, this has been fantastic, dude. I <laughs> I love this chat. I was so stoked to do this one, and uh, it yeah did not disappoint, my friend. I I really uh, I, I appreciate um, you know the time hundred percent, but also the the candidness and and just having a real a real chat, you know. Um, yeah. No no preconceived anything, just uh, just rolling it, you know. Um, I always respect yeah, that and I- appreciate it. I've, I've listened to your podcast before, so uh, I've, I like that it's not just, so give me a history of the band mm-hmm. and where did your band name come from? And I, and I, I, I like doing, I've been, I've enjoyed doing every podcast that we've done. And I'm mm-hmm. not just saying that, like, it's great. I'm, I'm happy to talk to anybody. If they want to talk to me about whatever, I'm going to talk to them about it. Yeah. But I like that, that your focus is 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 different it's not your hey where did you get the title of your new record mm-hmm. well i can tell you about that but yeah. maybe people can come up with their own ideas about that and then i don't have to say it sure and just you know? about the human experience uh the person themselves like it's not i mean you're you're only josh from the beautiful mistake you know when you're in the studio and on stage or whatever but you know sure you're not um you're not that all the time and it's not who you are. It's what you it's do. So, it's so funny. Cause I could, I could go off of, on a, a complete tangent on this. It's, it, it's <laughs> yeah. so true though, because for so long, mm-hmm. even when I wasn't doing the band, my identity was Josh mistake, mm-hmm. Josh from the band. And, and I really had to come to grips with like, what is my real identity? Like what's my true identity? It's not mm-hmm. like, it's not where I work because that's fleeting. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are going to fire me. Maybe I'm going to lose my job due to COVID. Maybe, you know, they're going to think my performance isn't that great. And they're going to demote me. You mm-hmm. know, like it's not in who I know or who I think I know mm-hmm. or what I have, but it's, Hey, it's Josh. And you know, he, he's on time and mm-hmm. he, he respects boundaries and, he is, you know, 
slow to speak and slow to get angry and he's consistent. And those are the kind of things that I want to be known as. I want my identity to be those things, yeah, not banned or peak bagging Josh out there just climbing all these mountains like... <laughs> Okay, so if I can't climb up this one stupid mountain, then I'm not peak bag and Josh anymore. Like, you know, it's just, it's more, it's, it is an endless, uh, it's like, uh, what is it? Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill Mm -hmm. and he can never get it up the the hill. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of his life's, this is his burden for the rest of his life. Seed. It's like, is this what I'm going to tie myself to? No, like, hey, it's Josh, and he treats people with respect, mm-hmm. you know, or he he loves his friends unconditionally. Those are the things that are core. All that other stuff's nonsense because it's all fleeting. A hundred percent. And that's see, that's that's why I do this the way that I do this is because for one, it feels natural and right to me. But yeah. the other is, if someone came to this and listened to this, did not know who you were they will now kind of know who you are, not how your record was recorded or what Bo eats for lunch or, you know, like they know you now. Yeah. For an hour and a half, they now know who you are right now. Not next week, not 10, well, they knew who you were, but they they heard the story of how you got to where you are today. Yeah. And that is huge in my mind because that's what I care about is it, the person right? Like the person, we're all people, you know, yeah. uh, anyone I've had on this show that's, you know, sold millions of records still goes into a Starbucks somewhere and orders a coffee and the person doesn't recognize them and they go to their car and blah, blah, blah. It still happens because yeah. they are a person. And if you can showcase that, uh, I think it's a win because it's, that's what ties us all together. That's why we want to hear people talk Yeah, is because we want to know who they are, not necessarily what they did unless it was some crazy story that you know uh headline grabbing story that we want to hear like that girl pissing on that dude's face at the festival the other day um did you see that story there's a band called brass against it was at like welcome to rockville or something yeah i've seen their videos on youtube but i didn't there's never any urination in the video this girl like call it she had to pee she's a singer this is what i gathered i saw the video is is crazy has to pee calls a volunteer up on stage so she's like i'm gonna piss in this motherfucker's face and uh literally did dude gets on stage lays down she pulls her pants down squats and pees all over his face while he's shaking his head like this is flying everywhere and i'm thinking if that was a dude he would probably get canceled immediately or arrested but at the same time like that's kind of I mean, it's a, it's a stage show or whatever, but it's not their gimmick. Like they, they put a statement out today. Like she got carried away. This will never happen again. We're sorry. Uh, I don't know what the situation was, what led up to it, but all I saw was start seeing these headlines. My buddy, John texted me. He's like, uh, did you see this? No. Okay. And they're going out to open for tool next year. This band, it's like a whole Uh, bunch of horns. And then like they're covering rage against the machine stuff. And, uh, anyway, the video's crazy, right on stage. Like, who knows who was in the audience, but like, pants down, all of the dude's face, and then she kicks him off the stage. Get him out of here, <laughs> whatever. Like, it's nuts. I don't know why. I don't remember why I brought that up, but uh, 
she should take him out for coffee or something. Or, yeah. Or, I don't know. Didn't like even a give movie him a towel. Or... Nothing. Just went back <laughs> in the crowd covered in wow. piss. It's really I'm going to should... cross that off my list. Now. Yeah. I guess I can't do that on stage. Yes, you can't. You know? I think, yeah, I think there's people getting sued for spitting on people, on cameramen and stuff, and then just openly, pants down, full on, like had to piss for an hour, just fire hydrant. It's crazy. Uh, I need to keep our pristine um, uh, (laughs) reputation intact. So I'm going to not pass that along to my buds in the band. Perfect. So they don't get any weird ideas. Because you never know where they're going to go with it. I'm not responsible for them most of the time. (laughs) But in your statement, you could say it was, although it was was terrifying and and awful, it was a beautiful mistake. You could totally Totally. play that card. And I would would love it. (laughs) Yeah, I got to think of some puns that we could do in there too. Like, yeah dude <laughs> anyway ending it on pissing in faces uh that's awesome now you that's have something I this to was about. gonna go and it, yeah. it's fulfilled all my dreams so i almost thanks. brought it up at the beginning because i had just seen the actual video like 10 minutes before this uh, it's on youtube it's on youtube <laughs> oh my uh, gosh it's yeah it's it's, it's out there. my algorithm now <laughs> it says not safe for work but it is not there's no yeah. actual nudity in it um, no because it's from the side but yeah. it is a actual like I don't know what you call it. It's not it's not like pornography, but it's it's an act that would normally probably be reserved for a porn site. Um, Which is unfortunate because I've seen their their live in studios and they're super talented. Yeah. They do the tours and they do the, you know, they do Rage Against the Machine and they've done Soundgarden and mm-hmm. Alice and Jane. Yeah. They're really, really talented. So the bummer part of it is that one just random like overstep and now they're going to be associated with that forever instead of yeah. like the fantastic musicians that they are it's 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 the but it's we love to see people fall exactly it's we love so to weird. see people make a spectacle of themselves instead of just mm-hmm. being good musicians with good songs yep we love the downfall we love that's why we watch reality tv <laughs> yeah man the train wreck's always fun <laughs> well dude thank you again for the time josh i really appreciate it man and and uh i'm stoked to put this one out there in the world and um yeah and you reconnect with you too it's been a long time way too long do not be a stranger and yeah you're welcome back on any time i just i'm really glad we could get this this in the books and and uh and in the world very cool no i'm i'm really thankful to be included in this i i see the people that you have on um, and when I see Melvin's and Deftones and no doubt and, uh, drug church, dude, Pat drug church, people, one of my favorite bands. People love Pat Kinlan, dude. They love him. Yeah. But no, I see that and, and <laughs> not, I'm not comparing me to any of them. I'm just, it, it's really cool to just be included. So thank you, dude. A hundred percent, man. I appreciate it a lot. So we'll be in touch. Uh, I'll let you know when this is coming out and everything. And like I said, we're just lining everything up. December is going to, we're going to do the 12 days of, of peer pleasure in December. And that helps make room for, for everything else coming out as well. So it's just kind of tug and tug and, uh, or what's the push and pull kind of thing. So yeah, ebb and uh, flow. Ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but dude, yeah, I appreciate it. And, uh, we'll talk soon. Like I said, don't be a stranger. Keep in touch. All right. Thank you. All right, brother. Yeah, have a good day. Bye. See ya. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Josh Hagquist from The Beautiful Mistake. What an amazing band. 
Uh, I'm glad they're back doing music. The new record that they put out is fantastic. And uh, stoked to see them all happy and, and doing well. Uh, John as well has been keeping in touch with me and, and helping out the show with guest suggestions and, and helping connect me to some people uh, that have been really great. So big shout out to John as well. Um, just a good dude, just a bunch of good dudes in that band. And uh, yeah, very, very underrated. I think this new record is is really going to put them somewhere. And, and uh, I know they're all in different places in their lives now, um, but I'm glad the music they're making is fantastic. And, and I think you guys really enjoy it. So check them out. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming back week after week. I really appreciate it. I mean, the numbers are going crazy. Uh, this 12 Days of Peer Pleasure we're in the middle of right now is is absolutely awesome. Uh, it's the second year in a row we're carrying on the tradition. We're going to make it a yearly thing, and there's a lot more coming up as well. Um, so I love each and every one of you guys very much. I know I say it every week, and I'll continue to say it. Uh, without you guys, there is no show, and uh, it's just it means a lot to me that you guys give me your time. Um, to to sit down and and or do whatever you're doing and listen to what uh, we're creating over here. Um, you guys have been very vocal about what you want to hear, who you want to hear, and I do my best to get them as well uh, as the ones I have on my list. So, uh, yeah, I just really appreciate it, guys. It's really, really warms my heart. And I know we're in this holiday season. I want everyone to be safe out there. Um, if you If you need help and are struggling, ask for help. Reach out to somebody. Reach out to me. Reach out to somebody you love. Uh, somebody you trust. I know the holidays can be hard for some, including myself. Um, and it just, it only gets harder. So uh, reach out if you need help. Uh, tell a friend about the show. Listen to another episode. Whatever you need to do uh, to get through your day during these uh, trying times we're in. We'll put it that way. All right, guys. I'm going to get out of here. I got a bunch more episodes to do. But as always, we'll see you on the radio. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.